find that difficult, then just go to the book of Revelation and start backwards a little bit, a couple of pages, and you'll come to 2 Peter. I won't be too lengthy this morning. We have a couple of, we have a special presentation. We want you to be a part of that. Enjoy it. All right, 2 Peter. Once again, go to Revelation and then start backwards a couple of pages and you'll find 2 Peter. You turn there, 2 Peter chapter 1. There are 21 verses in chapter 1 and it's uh, verse 19 that I'm going to read this morning. All right, 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 19. We have also a more sure word of prophecy, whereunto you do well that you take heed, as unto a light that shineth in a dark place, until the day dawn and the day star arise in your hearts. Everybody said praise the Lord. All right. I want to work on that day star arising in your heart this morning. You may be seated. The Lord bless you. Well, this is a morning when we're kind of got our minds built around that rising again from the dead that Jesus did. Many scriptures had foretold of that taking place. And of course, there were those that wondered, what is he talking about when he says rising from the dead? Now, you know, we've been in Sunday school, we've been in church services, read our Bible, uh, turn on WSWN at 9.15 on Sunday mornings and hear you know who. So we get kind of accustomed to and familiar with uh, this rising again. But you got to remember that back in the day when the uh, streets were dusty and people's feet got dirty from the dust and it was customary even to visit somebody and they would wash your feet as a courtesy when you came to eat at their house. And that Jesus walked among them this was the days of his flesh. This was the days when the invisible God chose to show himself visibly. And so, it's kind of like these lights on the side. You have globes. And inside the globe, you've got this light, this bulb. And so it is that there came a time when God Almighty, who is a spirit, chose to show himself. Because nobody had seen God at any time, neither could they see him. So he said, I'm going to show myself visibly. And the plan was that he would create a body. And he would dwell in that, his spirit would dwell in that body. He would put the fullness of his power and his deity in that body. 
just like that light is in that globe right over there. And so it was that the, when the fullness of time was come, the Spirit sent forth the flesh, the body, made of a woman under the law. That's the time period in which it took place to redeem people that were living in that time period known as the law. That's the law that came by Moses. That's the Ten Commandments and others. Okay? And during that period of time, then God chose to come in the flesh. He spoke the word over Mary, and that which was conceived in her was by his spoken word, his Holy Spirit. And after the due course of nature, approximately nine months, Mary brought forth that flesh. Hence, the Bible said the word that was God was made flesh and dwelt among us. And so it was that Mary brought forth the flesh, the word made flesh, God made flesh. And that's what your Bible teaches. There's only one God, but he chose to show himself in the flesh. The same God, the one true wise eternal God. There's not two gods. There's not three gods. There's not ten gods. There's one God. One God. And he manifests, or he showed himself clearly. He demonstrated himself in the flesh. And when he did that, then that flesh began to grow. Grace and knowledge. Days and weeks and months and years. And birthdays were celebrated with his mother Mary and as his supposed father, Joseph, an earthly guardian. And uh, there were other brothers and sisters that were born to Mary and Joseph as husband and wife. And as time went on, Jesus grew. He got older. He went through being a teenager. And he assisted Joseph and submitted himself even so much that the Bible said that one time they went to Jerusalem for the feast, as was customary, kind of like Easter, kind of like Christmas, kind of like different things. And so they had their feast day. And they would go up to Jerusalem, the big city, kind of like when you and I go to West Palm or something, or Miami. And so the Bible teaches very plainly that when they were leaving and going back to their little town where they lived, that um, they suddenly realized that Joseph, that Jesus wasn't there. Joseph and Mary realized that Jesus wasn't there. And they, they got worried. There's a lot of crowds, a lot of people, a lot of caravans, a lot of camels, a lot of donkeys, a lot of horses, a lot of chickens, a lot of turtle doves, all kinds of things going on, people everywhere. And they, they've lost Jesus. It's a terrible thing to lose Jesus. They couldn't find him. So they turned around. Took them three days' journey. They were really down the road before they realized that they didn't have him. And uh, so they got back to Jerusalem, and the most logical place to look was in the church house, the temple. And sure enough, they found him there. And Mary asked him, after, that is, after he was done speaking to the 
professional people. The people that knew the Word of God so well. And Jesus, being young, He was asking them questions. And He was answering their questions. They marveled at the wisdom that He had. They didn't know who they were talking to. That's why He said one time to a woman when He sat on the well, He said, if you knew who you were talking to, Oh, if you knew who you were talking to. If you knew who's here today. You can't see him. He's a spirit. And the body that rose from the dead is glorified and in the heavens now. Okay? And it's been changed, that body. And you and I have an opportunity to have that same kind of body that will never die. But as Jesus answered their questions and then the little lessons were over and his mother said to him why have you dealt with us like this we have sought you three days sorrowing we were so worried about where you at and he said well this is the flesh talking now he said I must be about my father's business meaning the spirit the business of the spirit and so they But he went with them and he submitted himself unto them. And he did what they told him to do. And he helped out his earthly father. And he did some carpentry work, learned a little bit of a trade. And then the time came. The time came for him to show himself to the people. And so he began to go among the people and he went to a wedding. When he went to that wedding, he didn't go there like some people go to weddings. They go there for parties. They go there to do a lot of things that aren't right. But Jesus went with his mother. And as they sat at a meal, and the people realized that they were out of wine. Now, wine was not always alcoholic wine. Okay? make that clear and the Bible teaches that and all the differences is a matter of how long it fermented and that wine had not had time to ferment and they were out of wine and so Jesus Mary looks at Jesus and says they have no wine it's a very embarrassing thing they had nothing to give the people to drink and so Jesus appeal, Mary appeals to Jesus, her son. Mary knew something. Something was clicking in her mind. That all the years that he was growing up, she became very much aware that he was not an ordinary child. He was not like the other brothers and sisters that he had. There was something different about Jesus. And so she looks at him now and she appeals to him. She asks him, in other words, they have no wine. And I kind of marvel because, you know, he just looked at her and he said, woman, I do that to my wife sometimes, and she'll go, man, <laughs> we have some good fun with that. And uh, but he's, she said, he said to her, he said, woman, he said, what have I to do with thee? Well, you know, that kind of answer... You kind of, it's kind of a put-off. Kind of like, 
Don't bother me. I've got no time for anything. and Don't even bother asking me. But Mary, Mary didn't hear it that way. That went different in Mary's heart, her mind. And Mary said to the disciples, Whatsoever he saith unto you, do it. That's good instruction. Whatever, whatever Jesus tells you, you should do it. Don't fight with him. Don't quarrel with him. Don't resist him. Don't take issue with him. Don't be contrary. And so, Jesus gave instructions. Getting instructions from Jesus is a most important thing. If you and I could get those instructions. You know, I remember as a 20-year-old man, young man, that I, I came to the church because I had been witness to. Somebody had taken time to talk to me. And I was just lost. I was crazy. Did all kinds of weird things. Just searching through life and not finding. Kept thinking I had another good idea and it always turned out to be a bad idea. And uh, so I uh, got invited to go to church. And that wasn't a place that I was usually invited to, nor was it a place that I would go to. But this gentleman had been witnessing to me, and I'd been started to read the Bible that he offered to give me. And God was dealing with my heart. So I, I said, okay. I went to church. I asked my wife if she wanted to go and I know that really had to blow her away, but she said, okay. So we went to church that night. And uh, boy, was it different. Very different. But as the preacher preached, he gave us instructions from the Word of God. Jesus was given out instructions. And we were told that if we wanted to be saved, we had to repent of our sins. We had to be baptized in water in the name of Jesus Christ and all our sins would be forgiven because the blood was in the name of Jesus. When we were baptized in His name, His blood by faith would wash us clean. And that we were then to receive the free gift of the Holy Ghost. Now, these are strange words to us. We'd never heard these things. But we had started reading the Bible and so we looked it up. We read it for ourselves. And we kept going to church. Now my wife stopped for a little while because she thought I was just going through another fad, another phase, you know, like being a vegetarian or something. And uh, But after a while, just reading the Word of God and going to services, she began to see a good change in my life. That day star, begin to arise in my heart. Something began to happen that was reaching to a very dark place in my life. And the light was coming from that day star. You know, Jesus is the day star. And as that light began to shine in my heart, my mind, in other words, begin to cause me to change for the good. Things that I used to do, I, I didn't want to do them anymore. I just didn't have 
I didn't have an appetite for it anymore. I didn't even have a mind for it anymore. And things that I once ran to, places I went, places I hung out, didn't want to do that anymore. Now I'd come home after work and I'd read the Bible. We'd read it together. And then after a while, she started coming back to church. And after a while, we got baptized, both of us in the tank together, in the name of Jesus Christ. And all of our sins were forgiven. And the light was getting brighter and brighter. It was rising up in our lives. It was, you know, when light comes, it dispels the darkness. It causes the darkness to vanish, to disappear. And that's what was happening. All the darkness that we'd been involved with now was being banished. It was being done away with. The light was shining. The light was shining. And that's what Jesus' instructions will do for any one of us. And that's what happened that day when Jesus gave instructions and said, go get big jars and fill them with water. Now you know that those disciples had to be thinking, okay, there's no, water, there's no wine. There's nothing to drink. And Jesus tells us to go fill these pots, these tall pots with water? What kind of instructions are those? What kind of weirdness is that? But they didn't, they did what Mary told them. By faith, they, whatsoever he saith unto you, do it. You know, sometimes what's in the scripture, as one individual exclaimed, they, you bring strange things to our ears. Never heard it on this fashion or this way before. And that's true. That I never heard what I was hearing. I'd never, as I said, I'd never read the Bible before. And so it was all new and different to me. And then when he spoke about in his earthly ministry, now that, when he turned that water to wine, and they said, you saved the best for last. That's how good it was. Well, that's the Lord for you. And you better know this time in which we're living. He's got the best ready. Because where sin doth abound, grace doth much more abound. And God has something so good in store for this generation in which we're living. A generation that is filled with darkness and trouble and wars and rumors of wars. All kinds of difficulties, evil men and seducers waxing worse and worse. But the Lord said, I've got the best yet to come. I'm going to bring something so fantastic in your day and your age, your time. And he did say, I'm going to work a work. And he said, it'll be a work the old man declared. That there'll be those that won't believe it. And blessed are those that do believe it. Blessed are those that do believe it. And so, Jesus went about from that miracle that he did there at that place called Cana and that marriage feast. But he didn't stop there. He went out into the cities, the different places, towns, and he did good 
He healed the sick that were among them, even to the point that he raised the dead. He showed that he had power over the death angel. And he did many wonderful things. And the scripture teaches that in doing that, people were being drawn to him. People were coming out of darkness, and they were coming into his marvelous light. The day star was shining brightly. And the Bible said that out of the darkness, that great light had sprung up. Great light. And people begin to take heed to that light. People begin to hear his instructions. And they begin to do what Mary said. Whatsoever you saith unto you, do it. Don't argue with him. Don't quarrel with him. Don't resist him. Don't be contrary. But rather, whatsoever he saith unto you, do it. Do it. And so he, people started doing what he said. And they were getting baptized. And to the point that they begin to declare to John the baptizer that Jesus was making more disciples and baptizing more than him. And John the baptizer said, well, that's good. Because he's the bridegroom. And he said, I'm the friend of the bridegroom. You know, I read in the book of Job, and he made reference, God did, to a certain thing, and he said that he taught it its place. It's good to know your place. And God has got a place for every one of us in the body of Christ, in the church, because he said, I go to prepare a place for you. You've got a customized place, a niche, a special place where only you fit. It's just for you. Got your name on it. It's reserved. It's up to you whether or not you fill that spot. All you have to do is whatsoever he saith unto you. And he's saying to you and to all of us, there's no respect of persons. There's not one thing in set of instructions for the rich and a different set for the poor. There's not a different set of instructions for people who live in the islands versus those that live in big cities on the, on the land masses called continents. Not at all. There's not a different message for different skin colors. Not at all. The instructions are the same. And that is, you repent. We will baptize you in water in the name of Jesus Christ and God will fill you with the free gift of the Holy Ghost. And that's the born again experience. That's salvation. That's what places you or anybody in the body of Christ known as the church. Not the church house. The church. The body of believers. So Jesus went about doing good. Healed the sick. All kinds of wonderful things. Instructing people giving them unto them the words of eternal life. And then the time came where he had told them that he was going to be taken, mistreated, to the point that he would even be crucified. But that, he said, I will rise again on the third day. And you know, the scripture said that they wondered, what did he mean by rising again on the third day? And as I said, we have heard so much, so many times, that, uh, you know, it, it's 
We don't seem to wonder about it so much anymore. We don't seem to uh, be perplexed or confused about it. But they, they'd never heard it. It was all new to them. They wondered, what did he mean by that? And one place in the Bible said that they did not yet have the understanding of the Scripture. So, later on, Luke 24, 45, the Bible said, then he opened their understanding that they might understand the Scripture. You can read this, and you can read over it, and as you read and read over it, you can find yourself not always understanding. But he can open your understanding. You can, I've read it for 44 years now, and I, by the grace of God, I'm going to keep reading it. And uh, I've pretty much read it well over 300 times. And I got to tell you, I'll be reading along, and all of a sudden I'll go, whoop, is that there? You know, it'll be like something brand new, just, you know. And you could say to me, did you ever read that in the Bible? And I'll say, yeah, because I've read it all, every word, so I know I read it. But to have it really click in your heart, and then him to open your understanding to it. And then how great it is when it means to you what it says. That you don't just gloss over it and that your mind and your eyes don't glaze over, but that it registers. It registers in your mind. Repent. I need to do that. Be baptized in Jesus' name. I need to do that. Be filled with the Holy Ghost. I need to do that. You don't just go right on by it. Last night, Stopped at a get a few groceries and I saw a person on their shirt. It advertised a, a church and and it I forget it said something on the, on the shirt and I asked the individual. I said, "So you believe the Bible?" They said, "Yes." And I said, "Well, when you get a chance, then read Acts two thirty eight. It's the most important verse in the whole Bible." And it was just a little something that made me feel that that person had been told that before and that they had just let it go right over their head, right in and out. How many people will just say, well, I took Christ as my personal Savior? So they will dismiss something that's in the Bible, Acts chapter 2, verse 38, to accept something that's not even in the Bible. Because nowhere does it ever give the instruction to accept Christ as your personal Savior. It's not in the Bible. Those instructions were never given. But what has been given, how often people just dismiss it out of hand. They just read over it. Or they just, it just doesn't register. It doesn't click. But remember, Mary who is a type of the church. Mary said, Whatsoever he saith unto you, do it. Whatsoever he saith unto you, do it. Good instruction. It brought a miracle. 
it brought a miracle. And many other miracles that took place in his earthly ministry. And he would say to them, only believe. Only believe. You know the world is going to be divided. And I didn't say evenly 50-50, but it's going to be divided into two groups. It's going to be believers, and it's going to be unbelievers. It's as simple as that. And I hope that you will ask God for His grace that you could be in that group of the believers. There'll be a few out of each generation. And that few out of each generation is going to number a number that no man can number. They're going to be around His throne. They're going to rejoice. They're going to sing. And they're going to proclaim the great salvation of our God. Because not only did He get crucified on that cross, but just as He said three days later, the Spirit that withdrew from that body and left that body dead on the cross, three days later, that same Spirit re-entered that body in the tomb, in the temple, in the sepulcher. And he rose again from the dead. He said, I have power to lay my life down. And he said, I have power to raise it up again. And so he did. He rose again. And today we celebrate that. But you've got to celebrate it further. You've got to celebrate it for yourself. You've got to celebrate it in your heart. You've got to let the day dawn, the day star, arise in your heart. You've got to receive the free gift of the Holy Ghost. Everybody said praise the Lord. All right. Let's stand together, shall we? All right. I'd like you to uh, take a moment and uh, pray with me. And I want you to ask the Lord to help you to uh, get an experience here today that you have need of. Whether you've been coming a lot, or this is your first time, or maybe you've visited a time or two. But you ask the Lord, tell Him, I, I want this experience. And you know, every service should be an opportunity, and it is an opportunity, for each and every one of us to be renewed in the gift of the Holy Ghost. To get that light shining brightly again in your heart. Because there's things every day that try to tarnish that light. Try to turn the wick down and get it to not burn so brightly in your life. And you've got to resist that, those forces of darkness that try to close in on you. And you've got to remember Titus 3 and 5 tells you about the renewing of the Holy Ghost. It tells you about initially receiving the Holy Ghost. And then it tells you about the renewing of the Holy Ghost. Would you take a moment, lift your heart with your hands, and let's pray together. Dear God, I give you praise. And I thank you for this truth, this beautiful message. I thank you, dear God, for life, strength, and good health. Thank you, Lord God, for salvation.